Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of Failure Friday, where we talk to different professionals and different stages in their career. Uh, we talk about how resilient, resilient they are with failure and how it's shaped their career, how it's made them better at their jobs, better people, uh, better family members. And today we have my husband, who just so happens to also be a football player going into, where are we, seven, eight years? What is it? Seven years. And as you can see, he is injured, so I think that he is a perfect candidate to talk about this topic. Um, so let's just dive right in. You want to say a little something With about the yourself, babe? Pick in the 2015 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Are you just thrilled to be here? So excited. Really great, really great job at showing an excitement there. Uh, So, what made you choose the career path that you are in? I just kind of grew up in it. Um, I've been playing this for a very young age. Most of my family played it, just grew up doing it. Actually, just playing a whole bunch of sports. But uh, this one I seemed to excel at and I started, people started taking notice and figured I could be recruited and it worked out. What other sports did you play? Um, I wrestled a little bit, played baseball. You did what a little bit? <sighs> Y'all, he says you wrestled. Okay, I'm from the South, from the country, wrestled. I wrestled a little bit, uh, baseball, uh, track and field, and which one did you play first? Uh, I want to say foot, either football or baseball. I don't remember. You but told I, me I, this. That was the top two sports I played as a kid. Why don't you? You told me this. Why don't you tell our audience which one was your favorite? Baseball. baseball. Why didn't you continue to pursue baseball? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, never, I, I don't know. I just. The football thing, I kind of fell in love with football afterwards. As I was younger, I should have switched that answer. As I was younger, I was in love with baseball. And then as I got older, football started taking a toll. But not the toll. I started following Was it because you naturally excelled more at football than baseball, so it was just easier? Uh... I don't know, you could probably say that. Maybe football is a much smoother uh, sport to, to get into. Baseball it takes a, you know, they're completely different sports. And I don't, don't want to lie. Don't but, lie. This is all about transparency. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm just trying to think. Uh, I don't know. I don't think uh, neither one at a young age, I feel like I said that more. I just started to fall in love with baseball, with football more. Okay, because yeah, I don't think as a child, was, you're really thinking about which fun. one's easier yeah. to become a professional they're, they're at. They both were pretty fun. Uh, I ended up being a pretty good baseball player, pretty good football player. And they just both were fun, and I ended up just pursuing football. So what made you not pursue rap wrestling? Uh, I just I just did it to help, you know, with staying in shape and things like that. And people said that wrestling would help with the football based on the cardio and positioning you're in. So that's why I tried to wrestle with you just to stay in better shape. You hear a baby crying in the background. Stand by. That continues for more than 
25 minutes. We'll pause. Um, do you remember the first time you failed in your professional career and how did you react to it? saw this question earlier and I looked at fail in two different ways because as an athlete you know when you're playing things happen all the time it comes with being an athlete but then I'm trying I was trying to remember a time where I just like completely like failed failed and uh, I'm trying to say maybe when I felt like I failed I don't know, maybe when I started getting recruited, it took a long time. Because every athlete, you know, when you're playing sports, you want to go Division One, and, and everybody says, you know, Division One, you know, it's a higher pro uh, probability of making it to the NFL or, or professional sport in general. But nowadays, you know, if you can play, you can play. But I had the mindset of like, oh, Division One, that's just the talk. And when I first started getting recruited, I Nobody was really recruiting me, and I, and I felt as I have failed as a as a young athlete. But then after I got my first offer, you know, a couple started rolling in. I guess that was other teams like, oh, okay, this team offer. I guess we went to, and then I started to feel much better about my situation. So I looked at that probably as a as a fail. It was just a situation where I felt like I had failed. That's how I look at it. And what was the period of time between when you thought offers should come in and they actually started coming in? Is that oh, yeah. one month, you're two right, months? Right. So, uh, so I'm sure a lot of young athletes are freaking out because they're like, oh, my friend got this offer. Or so my teammate got this offer. Where's my offers? I don't, I don't know. I think it's just maybe that right coach and right person seeing you because, you know, in this game, it's like, well, in the sport I play, it's a well, especially in any sport, you know, there's a lot of young kids doing it, a lot of players doing it. And there's so many kids out there that's trying to get an opportunity and people are looking at them. Like sometimes sometimes guys get missed, they don't get noticed till later on in college or they're trying out for an undrafted position in the NFL or a tryout in any other sport and they end up getting noticed. Sometimes I think it just takes that one person to notice how good an athlete is. And it took uh, I think I think mine happened in the same two weeks. Could have been South Carolina and Middle Tennessee, but I think Middle Tennessee is my first one. But South Carolina was my first big one, and uh, it took just one person to notice, and then everybody else started to notice. Was it one of those? Was it a feeling of failure, or was it something that other people noticed and brought it to your attention? Like, hey, hey, man, when are you going to get uh, some offers? Like, did anyone validate that feeling? No, nah, it, it was it was more of a. I don't think nobody else was there to like to validate it because you know sometimes as uh, uh, young kids you don't sometimes you know when kids don't say much things because people don't ask anybody they won't say anything about it mm -hmm. but uh, it was just more so of a feeling like I'm like dang man uh, haven't got an offer yet or a big time offer yet and then it just you know it just finally came and it was just, I would say it was more of a feeling there was really no one validating it was all like positive stuff, you know, I was doing everything I had to do. And I guess everybody eventually knew it to work out, but I just wasn't sure. So what was your physical reaction to that failure? What, what, what did you do? Like, were you in your head before you went to bed when you weren't receiving those offers? Were you confiding in someone about, hey, I think, I'm, I, I, think I messed up. I don't think I'm good enough. Did you have a person that you talked to or, or no? Uh, it, it was just, 
I guess just family and friends and coaches in general. So you were speaking to people. I, I mean, think a, no, a lot no, of not, not, not more so me speaking as in, uh, you know, confiding in people, but I had, a, I guess, a group of positive people around me, a good bubble of people around me to, to motivate me and speak to me in an encouraging way. Because I, I guess everyone knew that eventually, you know, I was a little athlete to get a chance. So they were just, they were more so patiently waiting and I was kind of being impatient. So everybody knew that it would come. Right, because we're all worst critics. Yeah, so everybody knew eventually that it would work out. So I would just say I had a good positive group of people around me who kept me encouraged and, and kept me focused on the task. So I think as specifically a young athlete or a young individual uh, trying to achieve these goals, that we're not the best communicators. Specifically men, I think men struggle with it maybe more. I mean, I'm no doctor, but yeah. I think men probably struggle with it more. I think a lot of that anxiety surrounding that particular situation could have been relieved by just speaking to someone who would have then came from the perspective of emotionless, unbiased perspective and been like, yeah, give it, give it a month, like calm down. And then maybe brought you back down to earth. But because we don't communicate, it's not natural to communicate about something like that, especially as a, a, a man, I imagine. Um, that's something that maybe you could have, how you could have reacted differently to that or no. How now presented with that same situation, how would you have reacted differently to that feeling of failure? You know, and you, and you said it, but I try not to try not to say that. And that's why I said the young, young kids, because I feel like when kids are younger, some kids don't say anything, but more so young men or, or especially men today, they feel like you, maybe you, you, you don't because it's not the manly thing to do to complain and cry about it's certain not situations. Complaining. But I, I know what you mean. It's not but complaining, that, guys. That's, that's just the way I said it. But uh, uh, but it's still hard to this day, I guess, to to try to to say things about it. But I guess that's why you surround yourself with uh, people you trust. I guess like family, wives, and and, and whoever you need to confide in to help because I'm crappy about it and you. Tried to beat it out of me, but I still. I'm working on it. I'm, you have gotten a lot better, but I think communication is so key. If you don't have a wife, if you don't have a girlfriend, maybe you have a parent, maybe you have a friend who's beyond their years. Communicating feelings of failure and anxiety, I think, is so important to because it's never as bad as we think it is, right? It's it's never that bad. We always get through it. I mean, how I look at failure. I mean, because I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect. When I get down on myself, I still, I still cry and get, my, and get my feelings. But if things are that bad, that means that something a lot better is just around the corner, right? Because things don't stay bad forever. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's one of the ways you can look at it. That's, that's how I've looked at it plenty of times. What do you think someone could learn from your mistake? how you handle failure and not even just this instance what do you uh, think someone a young athlete maybe they're in college about to go to the draft maybe they're in high school about to go to college what do you think they could learn from how you handled the situation to help them have a more seamless transition into the next level of their career uh, it's a hard one take a moment yeah i looked at this one too and i really because at first i was thinking you know a lot of Situations are different. Certain kids are put in different situations, but uh, 
I don't know. Uh, what could a kid learn from my mistakes? Um, I would guess talk more, you know, because I'm still this way. I'm the type of person who, who I kind of just let things ride out and figure out what happened instead of asking more questions. But I guess as a young adult and you're trying to figure out what's going on with your life and your situation, I guess one of the things you do is, like she said, communicate more. And I feel like that would maybe, you know, put your head in a better place about where you stand in certain situations. What about journaling? I wasn't a good communicator and, well, I still struggle with it. And, uh, And I think if you learn to be a good communicator young, Know, you find out things more and more and I guess it would just be easier to communicate with people. Have you ever written out situ- so how I deal with high anxiety situations or situations that I don't know how to react to offer it is I write them down. Have you ever done that something like that? Um, I write down the ideal reaction or I write down all of the ways I could react and then I analyze, I do a cost-benefit analysis of which one is going to get me closer to where the, the outcome that I'm comfortable with. I never, you may hate when I say this, but no, I never really written it down because I always- I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, if you haven't noticed. I figure myself to be a good, a thinker and observer of certain situations. So if I knew, like on the spot, I try to think of an outcome of a situation and try to nip it in the bud, or if this could have happened if I would have been this way, nip it in the bud. But I guess that's part of me being a guy is, or a man, just, you know, we're able to, we're able to put things aside and try to deal with it in, in different ways, but I guess, you know, talking more, like you said earlier, communicating will probably help more, or writing it down. But, but with me, like I said, I'm being funny. I'm a better thinker than she is, so I know how to. No one watching this believes that. Never touch your knee. Knee slapper. Can't do that. Um, Okay, so I talked about journaling. What about therapy? I know that we got to a point in one season where things were getting a little bit difficult and we tried therapy. Do you think that was helpful? I'm a huge advocate of therapy, whether things are broken. I always tell my clients and I tell friends, you don't put hurricane shutters up when the hurricane's here. You prepare for hurricanes. So I'm a huge proponent of therapy. There's apps now, you can go to a person, you can do virtual. Um, We've done therapy as a couple. I do therapy as an individual. He does it for sports. Um, but do you think that's helpful? I don't think we've ever really talked about that. Uh, yeah, I think it's helpful. Um, I did it for a while before COVID and then I think the year COVID hit was actually after the first year, I believe I, I went to try therapy and I thought it was, I thought it was good for me. I, the one where it was just you. Yeah, I was able to talk to someone who had no idea, no interest, no uh, negative input, positive input, just straight facts and ways to help me deal with certain situations off the field, on the field. Uh, and I thought it was good because it's coming from someone who doesn't know anything about you, just looking to give you someone positive Someone you're not feedback. married to. Yeah. Uh, facts. 
X. I really loved couples therapy because it was really her just saying what I was already saying. I was like, cha-ching. But uh, I think that it's also important to have therapy where it's separate because there's just some things. You went to wife's therapy. There's just some things that aren't going to be discussed together as they would be discussed alone. That's not right or wrong, but it's just which one is more beneficial for the individual. And there's definitely, I would love for our therapy to always be coupled, but I recognize that you're a different type of, sometimes I'm a little bit intimidating according to AJ. And there's just some things that he's gonna be able to get out easier in individual therapy. And I think that that is great. And I highly encourage athlete, anyone who has a high stress job, anyone who is breathing should have therapy in some way or form. So I think that therapy, I think even though journaling is not your thing, if you're a writer and just the action of writing things down and then reading it is how you retain information the best, highly recommend that. I do that incredibly time consuming, I must add, but very effective. And then communicating, it doesn't, for you, I think that's more difficult. For me, I cope by talking, if you could not tell. And um, that's just so helpful helpful to me. So finding out where you fall in, in that sector of healing and, and getting through failure and getting over that hump is so crucial to your resiliency, uh, I think. Um, but let's move on. How do you think failure has shaped you as an individual? And you can use, you don't have to use your professional, you can uh, use fatherhood, you can use nah, marriage. I, I thought about this one, I just, uh, uh, it shaped me to put things in, I guess, perspective, because it doesn't matter what you're doing in life, how far you come in it, how early you just getting started in it. I think failure puts stuff in perspective and lets you know you're still human. People make mistakes, everything is not perfect. And uh, no matter who you are, you know, you're gonna have failures in life. No matter what they are, you just gotta keep going and try to, and try to pursue your dreams because failure is gonna happen in life. And I think it just depends on how you react when you fail. But how has it shaped you as an individual? How has failure made you better at yeah, your it, job? It, it helped me put things in perspective. Like like I said, with like knowing that, it, like it helped me realize that, that I'm going to make a mistake and I'm human and... That's and, okay. Yeah, like that, yeah, it is okay. You know, and and don't get me wrong, you're going to be mad about something, you're going to... But that's how you, you know, that all falls to how you deal with things and, and the therapy we talked about, it rolls back to everything you try to do. And and like, like she said, no matter what you do, if you're breathing, all those things will help. And it should put it in, in perspective for everybody. If you got kids, a family, if you're a high paid person, low paid person, middle middle wage paid person, uh, it it puts it, it it puts it in perspective that everybody in this world go through the same stuff, no matter what you do, who you are. And I also think how you analyze their therapy, how you analyze failure can be different depending on the individual. And again, both of those are okay. So in, my mar- in our marriage, I've noticed that when AJ fails or something doesn't go his way and it bothers him, he's really good at pretending it didn't happen. And I think in the beginning of our marriage, I thought that was incredibly unhealthy because I was comparing it to how I handle failure. When something doesn't go my way, like I said, I write it down. I look at how I could have done it better 
uh, how I would have done it again. And then I try to put that in my brain and, and apply it, visualize. I do a lot of visualization on if it happens in the future, how I'll, I'll handle it differently. Whereas AJ, it happens, he's like, damn, that sucks. And then blinders just go on and he just, it's like it never happened. He just keeps on trucking. And it used to really piss me off. It still pisses me off this much. I've learned how to put stuff in perspective at an early age. But are you dealing with it? Yeah, that's, it doesn't. Do you my, address it? Yeah, I talked to, I shouldn't be saying this, but I talked to my third, therapist about it one time. And I told Why her Why shouldn't that, you be saying that? It's what this whole point of this podcast is. That's between me and my third place. Uh, and all of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I got nothing to do with y'all or you. I told her, uh, she asked me how do I cope with certain things. I was, I guess I just told her I do a good job of like, it happens. I'm like, hey, I deal with it and I try to move on because if you don't move on, you dwell in it. And that's why I try to do a good job of putting it in a box, you know, because everybody has those moments you want to go back and think about it and it, it could, you know, try to use it as motivation. So I put it in a little box in the bag and like, that's where that storage at when I need to, if I'm feeling down about it, you know, or if I'm if I'm in a place where I can think about it and go back and see how it has shaped me for the future, you know, I go back to it. But I just try to put everything in a little spot and, and move on. And go back when there's the right time to go back. I think that's a great perspective and I appreciate that. Um, I think I'll, we'll end on one last thing and, and I'm curious, this is kind of going off script a little bit. I want to know how, cause we haven't talked about this. This just happened y'all, this just happened. Um, I want to know, you might not consider this a failure, but yeah. how, this is the first time AJ's been injured in, in his entire, not even professional career, just career, just football in sports. general. And I personally feel like, I, again, we're handling it totally different. I'm stressed out. He's acting like everything's gravy. No, I wouldn't say I'm acting like, I'm trying to put it in, I've already put it in perspective and I, I did when I first, oh, okay, okay, I'm kind of answering your question for you. Right, so I, that's a good transition. Take us through the mindset, the mental process of how you, process this injury from the time it happened to you going back to the locker room to surgery to healing how did you process that because you've been handling it amazingly well way better than i thought you were going to handle i'm the one who's a basket case full of anxiety what um, are you telling yourself what self-talk are you using who are you talking to uh just Use, I guess using every skill that I've been using to deal with adversity or things that happen throughout my career, I try to put it in perspective as quick as I can and actually telling myself that, you know, I'm an athlete and and this is what I signed up for. And I, you know, at first I, my whole thing was to, I never, I never took it for granted that I, I would never get injured or stuff like that would happen. I never took that for granted because that comes with playing the sport. Guys are here all the time. And I immediately put it in perspective as if like, uh, like, dang, if I get, if I'm hurt for, you know, a couple weeks, you know, I heal up, I'll be fine. Uh, guys hurt, I knew it was my inside of my knee. I was like, guys hurt MCLs all the time, you know, bounce back smoothly. You felt that immediately? You knew it was your MCL? Yeah, and uh, 
and and afterwards I also thought of too like uh, mentally I was prepared to you know if it if it's worse than I think it is you know I was already ready mentally prepared to sit out longer than expected because I've never missed you know I missed like a game or two before but I've never missed multiple games throughout a season ever playing sports as a kid and growing up through middle school, high school, college. Never missed multiple games. So I was like, wow, this would be the first time I've ever had to miss multiple games in the season. If that's the if that's the case, I was trying to, you know, put myself there in that moment. So I try to put myself in every single moment and deal with it in my head. So if I ever had to deal with it you know, I'd be prepared for it. And that's how I put things in perspective. I try to put it in every single perspective. Well, so that I can like, think of, you know? Yeah, so it sounds, that's very similar to what I was talking about with writing it down. You're just intelligent enough to do it auditory. You're probably more of an auditory learner. You can hear things and you retain it pretty well. Whereas I need to write things down to really retain it, which is essentially the same. See, and, very but, interesting. No, but to be honest, I would say I'm more visual and I just envision things. I've, I've, I've visualized so many things all the time. So as you're thinking about that, I'm you're envisioning visual, it yeah, in I'm your a, head. I'm a visual learner. So I, I try to visualize almost every situation in my life. Like so that's time. interesting. Maybe finding out how you learn best is correlated with how you process fit. So if you're a visual learner, you can visualize how you're gonna come back from failure. Whereas I need to write it down or, or I guess I'm kind of visual. I need to use my hands. Like even when I would take notes in school, I could, I, the teacher could say whatever the hell they wanted. I had to write down my notes and then go back and hide. Like I had to use my hands. You use your, your mind. Yeah, like I like seeing like, I've been playing sports. I like seeing, you know, diagram, diagrams of plays and, and, and things like that and things like that and like, in film because you know sometimes when coaches talking you may miss things and and then when I'm trying to write and listen I get screwed up so I'm I can write it all and then I can go back and look at it because that's still visual but then as he's showing examples of what he's talking about it's easier to put it in an athletic perspective because I can see it. That's great. Thank you for doing this with me. I really appreciate you. No problem. I know it's like 11 p.m. It's 11 p.m. 11.45. You're ready to go to bed. I mean, I got to get up at 5.30 and go work out. So, I mean, I'm not even being sympathizing with this attitude. But thank you. I love you. I appreciate you so much for doing this. And this is our second episode of Failure Friday. Thank you for joining us. I hope this was valuable in some way to someone. That's the whole point of this podcast is that someone gets something out of this and it's just like this made my day this is exactly what i wanted to hear preach so i hope that you guys have a blessed evening a blessed week and we'll see you next week hope i gave y'all good answers you did great baby you did you did fantabulous